can being congruent be the secret to making more money in your business? I think it can. Listen to me talk to Carrie Wilkerson on the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jansen. My guest today is Carrie Wilkerson. She is a best-selling author, international speaker, and sought-after, really nice person. Uh, <laughs> she is the author of The Barefoot Executive. In fact, I think we had you on for that, um, as well as at least another time. This might be your third time here. So welcome, Carrie. I think so. I think this is the trifecta, the, the hat trick, so to speak. So let's talk about the Barefoot Executive. Does the Barefoot Executive, you and I were talking off air that you've made some significant changes in your business. So so maybe let's talk about what your business was uh, as the Barefoot Executive brand, and then we can sort of transition into where you are now. Yeah, that's a great question. And actually, I had a business even before the Barefoot Executive brand as a service provider, which then kind of morphed into the Barefoot Executive as a coach, consultant, and helper of others who wanted to do the same thing. And now we've evolved again. So maybe I learned my entrepreneurial lesson that you don't have to start a new business every time you can kind of evolve, <laughs> evolve your current business. So the current evolution is the brand is just Carrie Wilkerson, which is just me. And I am doing writing and speaking only. I've moved into kind of a self and professional growth and um and now as a sought after keynote and content provider which is kind of a fun new space for me so what uh did you just get bored where you were or was there some uh some sort of impetus for this um change you know i think as entrepreneurs we're wired to always be growing and changing so i don't know that i would say bored but i would say that as the barefoot executive my intent was always to be a connector and motivator and encourager, keyword encourager, of people that were working a side hustle or a home business or their own gig. And I got pulled a little bit into the teaching how to instead of why to. And um, and I and I kind of stayed there for a long time because of my skill set and because it was working, honestly. Mm -hmm. And um, and now I just really am pushing through to the why to and why to keep going and how to structure your day and how to balance all these kids and life and technology and the pressing demands on us and and really to kind of be a voice of encouragement and hope. So obviously that's a message that has a pretty broad uh, target market. Uh, so how are you getting that message to a market? Yeah, it, it sounds like it has a broad market, but I've chosen to niche. I tend to specialize in and find favor with companies with sales forces. So we could think real estate market or insurance market or any of the direct sales companies, anybody that has independent contractors or a sales force that need to balance many, many hats that need to uh, create their check from their own results instead of just clocking in and clocking out. That really is kind of my target market are people on sales forces. So when considering this change and maybe it 
happened, you know, like all things, a lot more gradually than it appears to the outside world. But yeah. when, when making a change like that, I mean, you had some assets, you had some recognition, um, you had some relationships. But, you know, how does somebody pivot that thoroughly and, and kind of not lose all their momentum? Yeah, I think pivot is such a deceptive word or maybe we're just all using it wrong in the business space because pivot is something that happens quickly, like figure skater pivots. Um, something like this is more of an evolution or erosion, uh, something that happens over a period of time. This process has probably, and, and you've watched and you've watched closely because we're friends. Um, I would say it's probably been a two-year process, yeah. honestly. Uh, the shift from Barefoot Executive as the brand to Carrie Wilkerson as the brand. The shift in colors. A lot of people think rebranding has to do with your color palette, right? It's <laughs> it's really not color palette or photos. It's a little bit, John, like a body transformation, which you know I've also had. I've lost 145 pounds now. But people didn't start noticing until about 60 pounds. And then they go, did you cut your hair? Are you doing your eyebrows different? What are you doing? And then and then 10 pounds later, they say, holy cow, how did you do that so fast? When yeah, really, right. sure. it, it's been every day for a long period of time. So, um, yeah, it's been a long process. It's there are hurdles in the process. It's not something you can just drop everything and pick up all new things because number one, cash flow, mm -hmm. uh, current customer base, current audience expectations. And when you when you have recognition and an audience and a brand and a book, it's almost more complicated, I think, because other people are more hesitant to let go of that than you are. Yeah. But I think that I think though that you did hit a key point. I mean, I think that even the decision to let go has to be sort of full <laughs> um, yeah. at, at some point. Um, you know, it may be like, in, I remember talking to you several years ago, and actually you were talking about a change of your model, and, and I don't think you'd figured maybe what that looked like out yet, but I remember that. And so I think you do start that process, but at some point it has to be a total let go, doesn't it? It does. And that can be difficult because we love what we do and we love the people that we serve and we have blood, sweat, tears and bone marrow in what we've created. And so it does have to be that. Otherwise, you create brand confusion, marketplace confusion and your attention is split. So just recently, I posted in a private group that you and I are both in about a decision to burn the ships. And it really was a no going back measure. And even then it took me almost two years to get to the burn the ships moment. But at that point I knew there was no going back. Well, no, I talked to a lot of, of people that are in jobs that want to be consultants. And so they have one foot in one and one foot in the other. And there's really just no way to serve both of those. And at some point before you've got it all figured out, you have to just make the choice. And I, I think that, until you do, um, you know, you, you really, I don't think you get any measure of momentum. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I think it was Mary Kay Ash that said you can't chase two rabbits and catch either one. And, and then that the, uh, incredible philosophical movie, sweet home Alabama, where Reese Witherspoon's dad says you can't ride two horses with one honey. Yeah, uh, I'll paraphrase. Can't ride two horses with one honey sugar bean. And, and it's so true. You have a hard time 
uh, fully devoting yourself. Even, I mean, you know, even with multiple streams of income within one business Mm -hmm. is a difficult thing to fragment your attention. Not, not to mention if you have two sets of audiences and two sets of products and services and those kind of things. Yeah. So let's go there. So somebody is fully committed and they're passionate about what they're doing, but then, you know, then the, the, the next thing that comes up is, oh, and I've got 47 opportunities. Uh, right. to do all these things. So, you know, how does one, you know, short of millions of dollars and dozens of staff members, how does one pursue those 47 opportunities in any sort of accurate way? Yeah, I think that our multipreneurs like J-Lo and, and T.D. Jakes and all the musicians we see that branch into all these different areas have done us a little bit of a disservice because we just simply don't have the same resources they have as far as staff and delegation and built-in networks. So I think we have to choose a little differently. And um, if it's opportunities within your current niche, then you have to look at what your motives are. You have to look at what's going on in your business right now. Does it add to or take away from what you're doing? Is it just because you are bored or you have a resistance with hanging in there? Or is it really something that's going to benefit your boutique or your brand? Um, if it's something that's a radically different opportunity, so for instance, me moving into personal growth and departing from just a home-based business audience, um, then I think you have to say, well, and I, and I, I did this when I sold my service-based business too. My first instinct was to sell it, to sell it, to bail out, to, to abandon it. And the coach I was working with at the time said, no, I really want you to hire somebody to replace you, to manage it while you transition into this other area, get a little separation between you and the brand, do this other thing. Don't bail out on that income just because you're burned out, you know, Um, so I did, I hired somebody to manage it. Now at the point two or three years later that it became a conflict of interest because the market I was serving didn't want me serving other markets. Then I had to make a decision whether or not to sell or hold. And I did sell at that point and it was a good move. Um, but it would have been premature if I had done it a couple of years before. So I think you have to weigh all those options. But many times as emotionally driven, bright, shiny, object driven entrepreneurs, we just say, I'm done. I'm over it. I'm done. Let's get rid of this and move to the next thing. I can do so much better with the next thing. But we have to we have to govern ourselves a little bit. Maybe that comes with age. Maybe not. Maybe it just comes with having done it a few times before. But uh, have a transition plan. So as you've moved into a little bit of a new market um, and a new approach, at least, what's your marketing look like now? Right now, my marketing, because I have a presence already, because I have a book, because I have a really great network of colleagues and relationships, you know, that's my number one marketing is my relationships. It really is. And I believe there's no value I can place on my friends and their networks. And there's no substitute for that. But my marketing right now still looks like radical social visibility, showing up in social media, showing up on podcasts like this, uh, being heard, being seen, and um, being helpful. So I guess maybe that's a three-point marketing strategy, being heard, being seen, and being helpful. I think that you've known me a long time, John, maybe 2007, I think, is when we we crossed paths online. And I think maybe that has summed me up always, being heard, being seen, and being helpful. I like that. I'm going to have to write that down and use that again. <laughs> All right. So here comes the hard part of the interview. 
No, maybe it's not the hard part. You've been very open uh, talking about the the you know the health and weight loss you know journey. How yeah. does that or does that? Because I you know you didn't wake up one day and said, "My gosh, I'm going to lose weight." Um, you know, that's something that you I, I know you and I have talked about before that was you know part of what you've struggled with you know in various ways in various businesses in various times of your life. Well, does is there some correspondence with now uh, it occurring and this new path? Um, you know, it's actually been a 15 year journey, so it's been almost my entire entrepreneurial journey. But I dropped a chunk of weight, and then I got complacent and comfortable. And then the last three years, so yeah, probably around the same time, I decided that the number one thing I could do was be in alignment. Alignment and congruency are so important. We are in a world right now that it's very popular to talk about and it's very popular to talk about being epic. And you and I have have shared about this online, both of us. I love your thoughts on that. And the fact is, I, I don't know that I'm worried about being epic or hustling and grinding. I want to be in congruency and alignment with who I say I am, who I feel I am, who my kids think I am, and and how I teach in other areas. And so that meant getting my health in order. That meant daily discipline. Yikes. That meant consistency. And so, yeah, I cranked it up a little bit. I made the decision that um, that, that was the, the one holdback I still had on being my best self, I thought. And so it's been a slow process. It has been, you know, three more years on top of that initial journey. And I'll say that that's actually part of my marketing as far as being seen and being heard and being helpful I am less afraid of being seen. I am more audacious about being heard because I have congruency and alignment in my body and my business and my beliefs right now. Yeah, and that's really the point I was trying to make is, and you said it beautifully, that has that congruence then in itself had a positive impact on your business. Yes, and I think that a lot of people will look at photos or videos and say, holy cow, she's so happy or so joyful. That must be because of the weight loss. And the fact is that girl's been there the whole time. You know, I haven't at my core changed, but I think that I am just uh, turning it up a little bit because I'm now feeling more congruent and feeling more bold about it. And, and as a result, it's drawing more people to me. It's making me more magnetic. So my marketing is actually easier now i think and can i make an observation i have absolutely no right to make um, okay go ahead and uh, uh this is again just from knowing you you've always had extreme confidence um and now i feel like you have no doubt yeah that, that's a daily conversation with myself um thank you for that i i i do feel like my money is where my mouth is so to speak now and um, you know, I'm, I'm able to dress more confidently and without as much concern about all that. I'm able to, I've spoken at some really amazing venues and events lately and didn't have to walk in and hide. If that makes sense, I was able to hold my own and be really proud of it. And, um, 
And again, that doesn't come from skinny. That comes from congruence. And I can't, that's really hard to explain, but that alignment, I've heard the same from people that finally quit smoking or people that finally gave up a sugar habit or people that finally gave up gambling or whatever their lack of congruence was. For me, it happened to be really visible. And I feel like I've got this crazy glow right now. And I, I, I can't hide it, honestly. I just have this joy because I'm in congruence instead of conflict, and it matters. Okay, let's just take it down a notch then. Um, okay. <laughs> what's, Sorry. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just teasing. Um, I always like to ask this question um, about on, to, to entrepreneurs. Um, what's the hardest thing about what you do? Showing up every day. Um, today's a great example. It was hailing before I got out of bed this morning. Um, my husband travels about 90% of the time. I don't post about that a lot in social media because the girls and I are alone, a lion's share of the time. Um, and I don't need people feeling sorry for me. I just do what I do. It's our choice. But today it was dark and hailing and the girls were sleeping so soundly and the dogs were nervous and it would have been a really easy day to stay in the pajamas, turn all the alarms off and even let them stay home. Um, we're so close to the end of the semester, I bundled them up and, and we went anyway. And I, I came home and thought, I really don't want to do anything today. I really don't want to, um, you know, be productive. I don't have any appointments till two o'clock. And the fact is I just had to show up anyway. I knew I had some big goals I'm working on. So I even wrote a post about it because sometimes writing a post mm -hmm. and stating things out loud, uh, to myself, like as if I were a client helps me move through a block. And so I did, I got up, I showered, I got cute. I came in here, I brewed the coffee, I put on some Motivate essential oils burning, you know, and I wrote a post about it to hold myself accountable and I have pushed through the day. And action breeds momentum even when you're not feeling it. You almost can't help it. So I think showing up even when you don't have to is the hardest thing. Yeah, it took all of that for you to prepare to be on the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast, didn't it? All of that. <laughs> what are you reading right now? Uh, oh, I have a stack, but we always do. I'm re yeah, I'm <laughs> reading uh, Necessary Endings by Dr. Henry Cloud, and I am reading. Um, let me think. What's what's the name? Dr. Henry Cloud, Necessary Endings. Oh, oh, The Brain Warrior Way by Dr. Daniel Amen. Okay. Awesome. So, what are some of the topics that you're speaking about uh, specifically? Yeah, so um, one of the things I talk about is um, your life, your business, your way, uh, which is creating a business around your life, not necessarily in the cracks, but so that you can be profitable and productive, but also keep your priorities intact. Uh, that's a popular topic. Another topic is life on a tightrope, which is uh, work-life balance and other fairy tales. You know, we're called to have it all, be it all, and do it all right now, and it's, it's just a struggle. For so many people of both genders and all ages. Uh, another topic that I'm working on is something actually that I've only worked on with clients and myself and you've kind of seen this evolving and that is the motive matrix and that's how to decide what, what to do, if to do it and when to do it. And so that's a, a strategy process on creating all that. The, um, 
you know that I I've seen some of your writing about that, and I have for years, you know, talked about how the the you know the way to get more done is to you know is to have fewer priorities. <laughs> and I think right, right. You know, that's such a hard thing with with entrepreneurs. But you know, I even look at my business, um, and I'm you know my what I do on a day to day basis has changed, but. You know, I still need a lot of help staying focused on the two or three things that we kind of identify as my priorities for the quarter. Right. Uh, and I think I think we all struggle with that. Yep. Yeah, and it's something that I actually reevaluate quarterly for that reason because drift is a real thing. Um, the the studies that talk about how many times an airplane course corrects <laughs> in a, a one and a half hour flight is just frightening to me, and. Uh, and we've all we all know the historical story of the Titanic. If you don't course correct early enough, right, the drift gets you in trouble. So um, that's something I do quarterly. If I hit my goals early enough in the quarter, then sometimes I readjust them mid quarter. But it doesn't allow me to get into that crazy drift where I'm chasing experts, chasing launches, reading so many things. The things I'm reading right now are by those two authors. And it's because I'm studying the brain and I'm studying boundaries. And so those two things are what are contributing to my work right now. There are all kinds of things on Amazon that I could scoop up. All of our friends are publishing books, as you know, and I could scoop those up, up, but I'm focused on those two areas for a reason to keep me from the drift. Yeah. And I think the thing that gets challenging is, you know, somebody in your position probably gets, asked to speak at places that don't make sense, um, gets asked to be on the virtual summit, you know, once a week, gets asked to uh, evaluate their marketing plan, you know, (laughs) that somebody sends you. And and, and I think the tough thing about, at least for me, because I want to, you know, at at the heart, I want to help everyone. Um, And so, you know, one of the most difficult things, I think, as you become a little more well-known, it gets tough to say no. It does. And this is something that I worked with um, my small group last week. The more I'm speaking, the more these requests spike right after a speech. And because I am maybe a little more approachable or touchable than somebody like a, a Jay Bauer or a Mitch Joel or, you know, one of the more what we would see as untouchable or distant personalities. And because I'm so accessible on social, I, I'm asked every day about a summit or an interview or a pick your brain every day. And then I have all the local requests for, we want you to come consult with the church on a social media plan. And we want you to come do this and do that. And so what I talked with my small group about last week was boundaries without, you know, being a hag about it. How do you, how do you say no without being a diva? And at the core of that are my kids and my home and my marriage and the the priorities I have within my shareholders first and foremost. And when I am thinking about what's the ROI for them, what is an, what's an hour away from them, then I have to be really judicious about that. So there are times that I say, thank you so much for inviting me to be on your summit. What a great model. I've had those myself in the past. However, I'm saying no to all those requests this quarter because of some immediate priorities in my business. Please check out so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and consider me again next year if you feel like this model works well for you. So I have a lot of those responses already drafted up and templated out 
depending on what the quarter looks like. I do not do pick your brain type business. I tell people my book is available. It's 260 pages of my brain. Honestly, I don't know that I could even cover at lunch or coffee what is in that book. So I always recommend that plus 60 YouTube videos that I have absolutely free and all my blog posts. So the fact is, um, I really saying no is easy for me these yeah. days. Yeah. And, and by writing those, uh, pre-done, pre-drafted emails, you're less likely to write something sort of in a passive-aggressive moment, too. Uh. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, we we can't be reactive. We have to right. be proactive. And especially as a woman who might, uh, you know, a friend was teasing me this morning about being famous. And I'm like, yeah, I'm totally famous. My dog just peed all over the floor and I'm the one mopping it up. That's a reality check right there. That's my life. So, um but if somebody makes an ask of me right after that, when I'm frustrated yeah. or something has gone wrong or I've been turned down for a speaking engagement, they don't need to bear the brunt of my emotions either. It needs to be a, a thought out decision ahead of time. Amen. So, uh, Carrie, where can people find more of you and what you're up to? So I'm pretty involved on my Facebook business page, which is Barefoot Executive, facebook.com forward slash Barefoot Executive. My website is carriewilkerson.com. I spell Carrie the way Stephen King spells it in his scary movie, carriewilkerson.com. Lots of videos, podcasts, and then, of course, my books are available on Amazon. Awesome. Carrie, thanks so much uh, for joining us today, and uh, hopefully I'll run into you in Dallas or you in Kansas City or somewhere out there on the road. Soon. We need to make it happen soon. Hey, thanks for listening to the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. If you like this one, you might also like my other podcast, The Consulting Spark, where I interview independent marketing consultants and agency owners and talk about how they built their business and the struggles they face and what they love about being in this business. So you can check it out at ducttapemarketingconsultant.com.